Welcome to Conversations with Sam Dean. I'm Sam Dean and I'm excited to have you here to explore the conversations that accountants and advisors can have with their clients to cultivate business mastery. All the notes and links for the show can be found at blueprinthq.com.au slash podcast. Let's start a conversation. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Ellen and some of the interesting things that she brought up, particularly around and the insight into the online digital world and owning a business in there. And I think a great insight to how we might be able to start communicating to that, which we'll drill down in a minute. There were a couple of things I just wanted to check back in on after last week's um, episode. I have been able to track down the exact ATO debt at the moment. So these are 2018-19 figures, collectible debt at the moment um, around income tax returns, PAYGs, and small businesses around about the $26.6 billion mark. And that's the collectible debt. And there's also on top of that is another $11.3 million in debt that's subject to objection. And then um, approximately, if you add them all up, of irrecoverable insolvencies, etc., there's another about 10, which adds up to about $45 billion all told. So I think that this is a really fantastic starting point for us to start the communication and, and conversations with our clients to see how we might be able to help with that, particularly around the collectible debt, which means that the businesses themselves aren't probably in trouble um, from an insolvency point of view, and how we might be able to actually help our clients and get in front of this problem going forward. So um, that's the fact check for you. We're all about numbers after all, so I wanted to make sure that those numbers were right. So $26.6 billion at the moment in collectible debt um, with the ATO around the small businesses, what they owe. We were unable to find exactly the lodgements um, and how many ABN-bearing businesses are behind in their lodgements, but we will continue to see if we can find that out as well. So let's get back to the main messages from last week's podcast. There were three that we were going to drill back on. I must admit the first one has challenged us somewhat, and I'm going to throw a challenge out to you guys on it. The first of all, you know, digitally, how we should be actually communicating, not just with our clients right now, but our potential clients and how we might be able to, to tell our story a little bit better in the protection compliance space in the digital world. The second one we're going to drill down on is to see how we might be able to start educating people before they actually get into business and so we don't have what happened with Ellen and sort of not really thinking about going to an accountant a sort of the after they're a year or so into actually having a business. So how can we actually get them in front of that? I think this is a really curious thing. You know, if I think about 10 years back when we had significant income tax returns being done in firms and then most people were doing the income tax returns with accountants, I don't think that this was a problem back then. I think that, you know, people came to us every year to even get their individual tax returns done. So if something did um, change, they got a rental property or they opened a business, etc., then that they would come to us pretty much straight away or at least even ask when the income tax return has been done. Of course, now with the advent of e-tax and the ATO getting my gov, etc., they don't have to come to us anymore and they don't. So they're not, we're not front of mind when people do start up into business. And I think Ellen was a classic example of that, being a teacher. She was doing her tax on e-tax and even when she sort of started thinking about a business. So let's um, have a bit of a drawdown on that as well a little bit later. 
And then probably the most challenging one, but the one I'm most excited to talk about is how can we get people really excited about coming and seeing us? How can we actually get our story out there and really in our own minds and in our clients' minds, you know, get excited to come in and see us and rather than um, maybe feeling like they're coming like because they have to because of the lodgement program, et cetera, or they have to come and see us because they get their tax returns done. So let's start with number one um, on digital and how we should sort of communicate into the future. And I must admit, I don't have the direct answer to this or even suggestions. So what I'm going to throw out there, if you could, is maybe a little bit of a challenge on actually talking to your clients and ask them how they actually may like to be communicated with going forward. So just really simple questions is, hey, I was listening to an interesting podcast the other day and someone from the digital world said that we need to change the way we talk and maybe communicate on a digital platform. I'm finding that a little bit challenging. So how would you like to actually see the information come through? So this is, you know, asking our clients what they might want or potential clients. If you've got some younger friends, maybe under 35 or under 40, and ask them what they've seen digitally and see if we can look at that. It might come back that, you know, the conversation that we had had is that they don't want to hear it digitally and that they would rather hear it through different means, whether it be um, podcasting or back to old style emails or telephone calls or anything. So there's no definite answer here. What I'm going to do though, if you can bear with me over the next few weeks, I'm going to see if I can get somebody and find some people who are doing this well. I've just been to, into the States the last couple of weeks and I've now connected with a couple of people who are doing sort of more subscriptions-based digital work over in the States. So I'm going to see if I can get them on the podcast. Probably won't be until another two or three months, but let's have a crack at it and I'll see what I can do there. But in the meantime, just ask your clients how they want to be communicated to and what's the best platform to it. And that then segues, I think, very well into the next stage um, where we might again, go back to the digital a bit, is how can we actually educate before people getting into business? As I said earlier, we've got a real challenge here in that a lot of these business people used to be in our databases because they had to come to us to do income tax returns. And even on the compliance protection, there was a bit of education, a bit of questions asked when the individual tax returns have been done. And they would probably think about us and if they were doing anything to involving numbers or business, they would give us a call straight away. Now we're seeing this less and less. And it was one of my continual frustrations when I started working just directly with accounting businesses early on um, is that we were advised when I was actually making that shift in the practices that I earned early on, we were being advised to get rid of our individual tax returns and that they were COD style clients. And I always argued, well, they are our clients of the future. And I think that that's coming true now. So how can we actually capture and recapture these people back into um, and thinking of us first up when they go into setting up businesses rather than how can I grow the business? One of the questions I always ask is why do you want to be in business? And I think Ellen said it really well in her interview last week is that she was going into her business for more control. And, you know, it's the classic, I'm going, I want more control. I want more money. I want more time. I don't like my boss or, or whatever that case may be. And, you know, if we can get and ask people curious questions around all of those and maybe explain that sometimes um, businesses don't deliver 
any of those. And I, I know of a, that I'm a business owner with many years' experience of different businesses that I've owned is that control, time and money aren't necessarily the three things that you get out of a business straight away and you have to work very hard um, to do this. So how can we educate more going into the business and then actually simplify around the education piece? Again, the tips that I would give you here is to actually ask some of your clients if they really understand perhaps what we do. And if it's important to them that they know a little bit more about tax and also the financial statements and the financial literacy behind that, one of the most valuable programs I've ever run was the financial literacy program. So it was very simple. This is what a profit and loss means. This is how a profit and loss links into the balance sheet. This is where tax sits in this. It sits, you know, as an expense in the profit and loss and what it's actually based on and how we calculate it and, more importantly, why. If we can educate people around this and maybe we do need to use the digital space a little bit more and and become the experts on this, we can probably get people coming to us a little bit sooner. I think, too, we really need to learn how to simplify what we do. It is We do have complex problems that we need to solve, but people don't necessarily understand complex problems. So how can we actually simplify them? Well, we really need to, into our own heads, get to the bottom of what is the problem we are actually solving when we are doing someone's tax returns or we're helping them out with a profit and loss or balance sheet or cash flow forecast or whatever it is we might be doing. What is the problem that we're solving? I quite often ask people, accountants that I'm working with, is what is the problem that we're solving when we prepare someone's tax returns? What is the problem that we're solving when we start an end-of-year job? Well, there's a couple of problems that we're solving there, and it's not that not we're lodging a tax return. That's not the problem we're solving. The problem we're solving is that that their compliance needs are met so that that you are working through getting their information into a form that can then be put into a tax return and digested by the ATO so that the tax can be then calculated. And then it's also then keeping keeping them out of jail so that all their compliances are met. When I ask end-user clients, and particularly around the education piece of tax, quite often they'll say, I just want to make sure that I'm safe and that I am am within the law. So the problem is different for different people. So you actually have to go and ask what's the problem we're solving and then educate people as to how. In this day and age when knowledge is so readily accessible, it's important that we are educating the client on the problems that we're solving and that we are educating our client why it's important to have us solve the problems and then going forward from that. Okay, so when we look at how we can actually educate on how we're going to get people to us before they actually get into business, what I'd like you to do here is a practical tip of actually start with the clients that you already have. So write a bit of a script based on what I'm about to frame up for you and ask one or two clients a week what it is that they would like to be educated on and ask some questions similar to what I asked Evelyn last week. So when you were starting out your business, why did you come to us and when did you come to us and what could have we we done or was there any kind of information that could have got you here faster, if that's the case? So just get a bit curious as to when 
people want to start getting education from us and actually understanding their journey on the compliance and protection piece. This is so important for us to move from the reactive space that we work in all the time into a more proactive place. And I think one of the biggest steps that we can take is obviously the education piece as to why it's important to come to an accountant around, particularly around the protection compliance piece when you're setting up a business or you're buying a rental property or you're making some kind of decision rather than just dropping in at the end of the year and then we fix it all up. But to really understand what we actually need to give or educate the marketplace and our clients, we have to first ask them where they're at because they really don't know what they don't know. That was very clear in Ellen's interview last week, I think, from Ellen, and we, we know that. So this is a challenge. I'm not saying that it's an easy one to overcome. It's a reasonably simple one. But before we can actually start educating the market, we actually need to understand what they want to be and where they need the education piece. And I also think here, if I can give you another tip, don't preempt the conversation. We know what the solutions are. However, we have to get our clients. We have to understand where our client is right now and we have to actually answer to that. We have to educate to that, not educate to where we think they should be. Okay. So the next one, which is one of my favorite topics, is how can we get people excited about coming and seeing us? Because as we've discussed earlier, it's not perhaps the most, well, we don't think it's sexiest uh, topic, particularly around the compliance and protection pieces of lodging tax returns or doing estate planning or whatever, whatever it is, or restructuring or talking about numbers. However, it is also important and it is important to be passionate about it and to tell the story. So I'll start with why I think people don't get excited about coming to visit us. Obviously, the first thing is, and we we actually, you know, I was doing a fact find on it, we deal in tax and payments and areas that are quite daunting to people, particularly if they get behind in their taxes and they're not really understanding or a little bit fearful of it. So, of course, they're not going to get excited about it. So, in these cases, we actually need to make people feel safe and we need to make them understand that it's important to come to us early on or even later on so we can help solve the problem and we can put it in front of us rather than to the side so we can actually solve the problem for them and we need them to feel safe in coming to us. And I think quite often as professionals, I know early in my career, I talked about it very briefly in my first podcast, is that we kind of sometimes approach this stuff on, or you should know that. Right? We might not say it, but it comes across in our body language and in our expert mindset of, or you should know better than that. Well, they may know better than that, or they may not know at all, or they just weren't aware that this sort of debt was accumulating and then how do we actually pay it off later? So we first of all, to get people excited about coming to us, we first need to make sure that they feel safe. So then if we can actually solve some of those problems, you'll find that people will actually start getting more excited and talking about it to come to us. Another thing is the self-belief that Ellen was talking about. 
we do we actually think what we do is exciting? And are we passionate? And if we are passionate about it, do we actually message that to our clients or to our potential clients? I think that it was really curious how Ellen actually talked about that, you know, and accountants come across or, I mean, I've been at accounting conferences and when, you know, we think, we laugh about that we're boring. We are not boring. We keep people out of jail. We deal with one of what should be most people's biggest expenses. We talk and we work with people sometimes at their worst and sometimes at their best. And this is really what we do. And I think we have a belief system that we have to overcome that we can talk about this and we can actually start standing up and say what we do is really important. So why people not might not be as excited as maybe going to the hairdressers, there's an excitement you know, for them to actually come and see us. And I think that's us blocking our clients more so than, than anything else. And I've joked about it in my past as well. You know, if I don't want to talk to somebody, I tell them I'm an accountant and that will shut the conversation down. And I think that this is the actual, the re-messaging and the reimagining of what we do every day that we need to change. Because, you know, going back on what Ellen said a couple of times, there's definitely a ho-humness about, and I'll use her words there, about our relationship sometimes with our clients. I quite often, you know, when I'm interviewing people, ask them about their experience with accountants and, you know, the, the oh, they're really nice guys or there's no high expectations on, on what, what we actually deliver on. They seem to be doing a great job. Going into the future, you know, if clients are thinking a little bit apathetically like, like that with those sort of words, we're going to be in real trouble because people really stay with people because of relationships and relationships that they value, particularly going forward into the, the AI that's around and the digitalization as we touched on in the last session. And I actually now have a rule with all our slides and if you see any of the Blueprint HQ consultants or myself speak, there's now a meeting rule that accountants are not boring and we don't want to hear that they are because we're not. So I think how do we get people excited about coming to see us, well, the first one is to make them feel safe, make them feel that they're coming into an area that's not going to judge and to actually, you know, sit down and, and solve a problem. Secondary, we've actually got to believe. We have to have the self-belief that what we do is truly life-changing and that we can actually help people. Most of the work, accountants that I work with, Everyone believes, we, we really truly believe that we can help people. We're just not getting out there and talking about it enough. So then that comes to the practical tips of how do we actually connect what we do with what people want and how do we actually educate us and, and frame some of our conversations around this. To do this, we've really got to come with a curiosity about what people actually want and to be able to actually answer and get curious around what people want and actually work with what we do with what people want. So one of the ways that you can do this is to actually get curious and then ask structured questions around what is important to the clients. So if someone rings you up, rather than going, you know, can I help you with your tax? Ask a question like, a thought-provoking question around, well, is it important to you that you minimize tax or is it important to you 
that you're up to date or you understand your legislative or compliance requirements. And if they say, yes, it is, it's like, well, how are you going with that and can't, could I help you? And rather than just going, okay, I think you need your tax return done, we're going to do a minimization strategy or whatever that is. You know, going back to it again is our belief. You know, do you get up and think, wow, today I'm going to change someone's world or I'm going to actually, you know, protect them that little bit more? Or, you know, I've got a client, you know, if you could think this, you know, maybe have ATO debt, but you can, you know, put some framework around them and help them with a cash flow that might be able to get them out of that ATO debt. I think what we tend to do in that is when we actually do work through that and we do get a good result, we then don't go back to the clients and tell the story of it and then explain it to them. I think a classic example and a very simple and good example of this is if you were working on some IASs, for instance, income activity statement, and we were trying to not use acronyms anymore, and you saw that their income was down a little bit this quarter. So rather than putting the installment amount in, you might vary that and then, you know, give them a ring and say, hey, I varied your tax. That's going to give you a bit of a better result from a GST and, and BAS statement point of view. However, you know, should we have a look at why why your income's down and, you know, what we might be able to fix that? So often I think we go and make the adjustments and we actually lodge stuff and particularly when we're doing income tax maybe at the end of the year, but we don't tell the clients what the results were or what they could have been. So if we can start that education process, you know, people will start understanding what we do and get a better relationship. And now let's talk about relationship. This is something that we really need to develop going forward. You know, a lot of the leadership work that I'm doing is talking about the heartfelt leadership going forward and how relationships is going to be obviously all important and it's what we do that no AI or computers or zero programs or anything could ever do. So we have to have to start building our conversation skills and our relationship skills. These aren't really trained when we um, educate. So how can we actually develop that? And I think that that's taking a little bit more time to get to know our clients and to ask questions that are a little bit more curious and actually, you know, touching base with our clients. And I know this is an extremely hard thing for us to do, particularly as we're still, even now in 2019, still very hourly based in how we charge and how we think. But it's important that we start jumping over this. So one of the things I might give you a tip or, or actually challenge you to do is actually make two calls a week to clients that perhaps you haven't touched base with. You might not have the income tax returns on on, on your desk at moment and just ask how they're going and if there's anything you can help them with. So very simple, you know, be warned sometimes um, and they're out of the blue. So it's not like you're doing their buses or their income tax returns. You're literally just working through one or two clients a week that you haven't communicated, you know, with them the last six months. Just even if you want to grab your client list and start at A and work down, just ask those curious questions and people will actually start seeing that we are more about relationships and that will actually increase the excitement, if you like, of people coming to see us. But I think that also, as I said earlier, I think it does come from, and and Ellen touched it, from us as well. We need to be seriously talking to people about what it is that we do, why it's important. We can do this on a one-on-one basis to get very good at it and then later on, you know, use it in your marketing, etc., and start getting people very aware of what what it is and what the problems that we're solving. Okay, that's it for me today. I think that um, 
it's been a great exercise drilling down. I just want to remind you on the three key points coming from that is, you know, look at the digitalization. How should we communicate? We didn't solve this today, but you're going to get a little bit curious and you're going to actually ask clients and potential clients on how they would actually like you to communicate and if digital is where they want it to be. The second point is how can we actually educate people before we get into business and how we're going to drill down on that one is to actually start asking our existing clients where they were, what information that they would like to receive and drill down on that. And then the last one, of course, is how can we get people more excited about coming and seeing us? Well, the step to that is we're going to start by getting excited about ourselves and actually really valuing that we're not boring and that what we do is super important. And then we're going to frame that up with questions um, to our clients as to what's important to them and connecting it back. Okay, well, thank you very much. Today's been very much a a one-on-one conversation. So I want to remind you to be brave and continue the conversation. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au. And remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.